Hey sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think, outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back, show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine, even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my- Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces, outstanding prices. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Good morning, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you today? Yep. It's another day. Hey, four shows. It's already Wednesday. Probably going to do six, seven, maybe seven shows this week. Who knows? I'm very, really feeling productive here in the Keys. Maybe it's the weather. It's warm. It's breezy. It's just beautiful down here. Uh, we welcome you down here. I try to be kind of realistic about the things. I do talk about it being expensive and all that stuff. You know, supply and demand. We had a lot of traffic down here, so the first things that go up are hotel and lodgings and then you, you know, rental cars and all that shit. You know, there's, I don't know what the deal is with rental cars if the big rental agencies are getting their supplies back for cars and stuff like that. So, we will see. And uh, it, we're going, still going well. We're in our ex, at least a normal amount of traffic for a normal summer. I guess, does that make any sense? You know, where if when it's really bad, if there's a lot of storms and things like that, we, we see a drop when I say storms, tropical storms, because we are in the midst of hurricane season. It really doesn't pick up for a little while, but it depends on how much uh, that water warms up and the activity coming off of um, out of Africa. That's where most of them come from, but then we get some development in the Caribbean basin too. I'm not an expert on that. I just, I, you know, after 14, going on 15 years of, Living down here, I'm getting used to it. <clears throat> well, just recently, the wife and I are sitting down, going through, because of the hundreds and thousands and of movies available uh, out there, we just stumbled upon this one called The Immigrant. And it says a story of a Polish nurse and her sister coming to Ellis Island in the early tw- part of the 20th century gets during World War One, and it's a vehicle mainly for Marianne Cotillard you know of Inception and Contagion and Batman Returns I think The Dark Knight Returns but I love Marianne Cotillard she's a French actress married to Christopher Nolan also in this movie is Joaquin Phoenix and Jeremy Renner You'll notice a couple other people, but there are three primary ones, you see. 
But the funny thing about it, right in the beginning, while the one person, let me get up, I just made a mess here. The one actress I noticed, you know, I'm going to go up and grab my cup of coffee too. I'll be back. I'm going to be talking over to it. You like this? Maybe not. But here I am. Yeah. Talk about how lazy I am. Just pouring myself some coffee. Coming right now. Let me turn that off. This actress that showed up in the beginning of the film. It was Angela Serafina. Or Serafina. She's posted in a picture for... On the cover of this episode, uh, I think she's attractive. She certainly has a unique look about her, and if you do recognize her, you recognize her. She had a bit part in the Twilight movies, which I didn't see all of them. I'm, a, I'm not a teenage girl. I wasn't a teenage girl. I was never a girl. And Westworld, and there's a bu- bunch of other movies. Well, Westworld, she played one of the saloon girls, one of the primary saloon girls other than, uh, who who was it? Tandy Newton, who was the madam of the saloon, I guess. And Angela Serafina was one of the primary saloon girls. When they call them saloon girls, you should think prostitute. I mean, that's what they called them back then. And that's what they were in uh, Westworld. Well, Angel Serafino, Serafina, Serafina, whatever. Yeah, I think she's an interesting looking girl. And I'm not going to say her name anymore because it's going to, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing the end of it. It's spelled S-A-R-A-F-Y-N-A. She's Armenian American. Oh, Jim, you shouldn't have a problem with that. You got a Polish wife. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And it's the reason why we watched the movie was Abby's Polish. She immigrated here. And, well, let me say, this movie was not one. It is one to miss, I think. It wasn't a great movie. It was, it looks like it was halfway between a widescreen release and an art house film. And it didn't achieve either. A lot of stuff going on in it. But the funny thing about it is when I seen it and I go, oh, this girl has a prominent role, this Angela Serafina. And I was wondering, I I was reflecting back and saying, I'm going to tell you how she showed up in the movie, but how the agent and the casting directors and all that might approach her. Now, Angela Serafina, she always, she had pretty good supporting roles in all these TV shows and movies, kind of not really critically acclaimed movies. And, you know, when you're a supporting star in a movie that's big, but you don't carry it, they're always thinking maybe they can carry a big vehicle. So they started to put her in some probably bigger ones, bigger movies that she see if she could carry. I think they tried to do one with Liam. Who's one of the Hemsworth? Looks to be like the older, shorter, least attractive. Maybe uh, Hemsworth brother. But whatever 
that's neither here nor there in this movie. I just see this. I already, I'm already forgetting her name. Angela. Angela. So they can see they approach her and say, listen, we got this vehicle for you. We have this great opportunity. We got a movie. And it's based on a story. Uh, I don't know if it's based on a, uh, a novel, but the screenwriter wrote it. And it's about these two Polish sisters that come over to Ellis Island. And you're one of the sisters. Oh, and they're the main characters? Well, one of them's a main character. She goes, oh, okay. But you're very crit- crucial to this. Listen, you'll be co-starring with Marion Cotillard and you know who else is in it? Joaquin Phoenix and Jeremy Renner. And you're like right there. Number four person. And maybe at the time they may have said you would have number four screen time. And matter of fact, right in the beginning of the movie, you are one of the first two people, Marion Cotillard, and you're right next to her. Oh, really? Well, how many uh, speaking parts are I playing a part of Angela? How many speaking parts? I mean, how many lines? And he said, well, you get at least, you know, you, you get at least a couple minutes in the beginning. It turns out to be two lines. And I'm going to spoil this for you. If you, if you want to watch the movie, be my guest. Shut down the podcast and then watch the movie. Okay? It's called The Immigrant. I think it's available on HBO and HBO Max or just on HBO Max, but either one. The Immigrant from 2013, starring Marianne Cotillard. I hope I'm saying it right. Cotillard. Maybe it's Cotillard. Uh, It's spelled, uh, you know, you know how it's spelled. It's that French thing where they do all that soft sounding, except for the T's. Everything else kind of soft sounding. So, Angela gets this thing. Yeah, you're in it. And what happens is, now this is the part where I spoil it. You are sick with tuberculosis. So they take you off to the side and put you into a medical quarantine unit on Ellis Island. Oh. Okay. But listen, you're the primary goal for the main character. I mean, her motivation is to get you out of that hospital, the whole movie, the whole movie. And there's going to, you're going to be in the hospital. And, oh, they're going to be speaking roles. And, oh, sure, she'll, maybe she'll visit you or you'll have like a reflection thing where you're talking back to each other with letters and things like that. And you'll, we'll have a picture of you, you know. You know. Well, that never happens, right? The whole movie goes through. I'm not even going to talk about the shit that happens in the movie. I'm not going to spoil the movie yourself other than um, the, what I will spoil is that she doesn't show up until the last 30 seconds of the movie again. An hour and 40, two hour movie. She shows up in the first minute or two minutes. And in the uh, last, I mean, it is literally seconds. And I think on screen, 10 seconds. And through a window, the window shot, a nine, early 20th century window shot so the window's kind of ripply and dirty so you don't even have a good picture you don't have any more lines 
You get to see her during the movie, but it's in a locket. Marianne Cotillard's character is uh, is holding the locket. One side's her parents, and the other is her sister. And that's it. And I can see her going to these movies and you know saying, "Oh yeah, you're you're figured prominently. You're prominently in the movie. You're at the very beginning and the very end." And you go, really? Oh, man, what, what about all that other shit I did in the middle? How about that thing I'm in bed and and I'm recovering and shit like that? And she's passing messages to me. You didn't put that? No. We didn't think it was critical to the storyline. Imagine the disappointment. Because this girl, well, it was 2013. I think in 2016 or 17, she's in Westworld the first time. I don't know if that's it for Westworld or not. They may have another. I don't know. There may be another season. May not be another season. I don't. It, it was really screwed. It was a good role for her in, in Westworld. And since she's a robot in Westworld, if I'm spoiling that for you, then you missed the boat anyway. So I'm thinking about all the other opportunities people are given, and they're built up like by recruiters and agents and all that stuff. And we get it all through our lives. People get it all through their lives. Just selling a point and say, this is a great role. Like Kevin Costner, well, who? I get, Kevin Costner's role in The Big Chill. You say, hey, Jim. You know, a lot, most people realize that if you're cinephiles, people that enjoy movies, and older, you know, since it was from their mid-80s, uh, the Big Chill. That's the name of the movie. Uh, Kevin Costner was the corpse, the friend. Everyone comes together in the beginning of the movie for a funeral of an old friend. And that's Kevin Costner. And you don't really see his face. I don't know if you see his face or anything. Like that. Maybe they may have had this face in the movie and then it cut it out. But that was before Silverado or right after Silverado and then there's all these movies that come out and then you you know towards the end of the 80s early 90s you had Dancing with Wolves and and the Kevin Costner craze and some of the shitty movies and some of his good movies right so it worked out for him but for Angela Serafina that movie it could have been it could have been the one they said hey we saw that girl that she saw that last 10 seconds she was really good at but imagine Everyone being oversold things, like a job or recruiting. If you're a military recruiter, I I was recruited by a by the Marines when I was waiting to hear about a Navy scholarship to college. So I they were recruiting to be enlisted in the Marine Corps, and they always say, "Hey, listen, you come in there, you're going to be squared away, you're going to have all these opportunities, whatever you want to be, you could be." Oh, I'd like to be in military intelligence. Well, sure. You look at your ASVAB test. The ASVAB test is the uh, it's a vocational test they give for the military to seniors in high school. It's kind of a prep class to get them thinking about volunteering for the military. But it's not because we're all volunteer currently. Uh, we have selective service and stuff like that. They do. The, I always believe the ASVAB kind of, and it helps the military find out what people's aptitudes are for. 
what they'd be better suited for, they think. Because you really never know until someone's actually put in there, just like in a movie. Because I'm sure Angela Serafina thought she was going to be all throughout this movie. That was a big break. And she ended up, and she's a lovely actress and stuff like that, but she's 37, and that's like 60 in regular world years, you know, being an actress, a young actress, if you haven't had a critical acclaimed role, right? So there's all the athletes out there that were told they're being recruited. Holy shit, did I talk 15 minutes already? They're, you're being recruited for a team or a sport, and you say you're going to be critical to building this team and for the success of the team, and then you get recruited and you play you show up on special teams. Only when it's a short yardage field goal attempt. Right? That could be converted into a, trying to do a fourth down conversion. Short yardage conversion could be a kick. Could be a, a uh, fourth down conversion. So they put you in. Otherwise, you're sitting on the bench the whole time. And you thought, wow, I was going to be a star of the game. Right or in a romantic relationship, there's one where people really oversell things. You know, guys do it. They just tell girls in the beginning how much they would be good to them, how much fun they would have. They're selling it. They're selling it. Say, I am a good time. I'll take you out to dinner. I'll buy you roses. I'm all these things. Maybe they don't say it exactly, but they kind of act that way. Overcommitting. You're the most important thing in the world to me, blah, 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 in a new relationship. And all of a sudden, you know how it gets. And I'm sure it's women with men, too. You know, everyone's hot in the beginning. And then they get kind of cooling off. And then they get tepid. Right? So last night when we saw the movie, and, uh, you know, it's a Polish... To Polish immigrants and they're speaking Polish well they picked a French actress to play a Polish woman and an Armenian one to play her I mean that's how many Polish American actresses of note they have in the United States I mean they very well during World War I you know there weren't a mass influx of French people into the United States I think the last time there was, was in the late 1700s into the Louisiana territories in the colonial United States by when the French had their, when they had the Louisiana territory before Napoleon saw that out. But that was the last time they had French. So they have a French actress playing a Polish one. But, wow. You know, uh, but I guess Angela did all right. She had another opportunity to do her big sell for herself on how she should be a star in Westworld. And uh, I think I think she's a lovely girl. I think she deserves a little. And having interesting looks like that, you probably last a lot longer as an actress than one of these pretty blonde Barbie girls that they always try to maintain their looks and stuff like that. And you end up looking like the bad surgery type people like Meg Ryan and... and I hate to say it. What's her name? Who? She was uh, she had fabulous Baker boys. Oh. I want to say Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. 
you know, when you get all that plastic surgery shit, just sad. It's just sad. I don't, I'm not talking about, I was just talking about every time you think about your big break, you think this is, oh, you got this big role for you. I have people selling me when on a podcast where you have people say, hey, come, this would be great. You should do this podcast at this place. They don't. I don't get that as much. I don't get the thing with big breaks when you're, when you're, on your way to fifty-eight. There's usually not a lot of people chomping at your door, trying to say, "Hey, listen, I I got the perfect thing for you." I did have jobs where people say, "Oh, you want to? You should be a bartender. We need one place, especially down here." I worked for for a short time, well, a little, almost a year. I think maybe over a year. And they said to me, oh, well, you'd be the main bartender there. And you'd be, and I guess part of it was I didn't really commit to that because it wasn't that busy. And they were kind of upscale, but they liked me. Eventually, they brought another star in who didn't really work when I say star, another star, meaning they sold them that way. They, They brought them in to do craft drinks and flavored bitters and all that stuff. And I think I talked about it in the early episodes of the podcast. And they didn't, they didn't work out. It wasn't, I wasn't uh, Marianne Cotillard and he was not Angela Serafina or whatever her name is. Well, that's enough of that. You know, it's, I guess with the Hot, you know, when someone's uh, casting director is getting someone, they said, "Well, this would be a perfect person." All of a sudden, they get all this, I guess, tape or whatever you want to call it, film, and they got all these takes. I guess takes of of the actor actress doing their things and say, oh, "Well, we really don't need that. We don't, we don't, we won't use that. We'll use this." And then all of a sudden, you're down to like two speaking lines and a total of two and a half minutes on screen. Right, and you're not none of them by none of them's by yourself. You're sharing it with someone else, and you have part. You know, just sharing the limelight, kind of like a puppy, right? I guess that's the best metaphor. A puppy. Everyone loves a puppy until it becomes a dog, and then you get some people that kind of don't like the dog, and they abandon the dog, and they leave him there, and they say, "Ah, that's our dog," you know. But they loved it as a puppy. They loved it as a puppy, but they don't love it as a dog and stuff like that. There's a lot of people that love their dogs and love their old dogs. I kind of like that's the Meryl Streep's and the Harrison Ford's. I know they're old actor actors and actresses, but I figure I'd go with that. There are people that just hung around and people still kiss kiss her ass. I am ready to move on here, though. You ever wonder? what the breakdown of crime is in your neighborhood. Now, I was thinking, I always had this image down here. When you hear me do the podcast, you might hear and think, well, DUIs must be a big thing in the Keys. It's only one road, right? And it could be. It could it could still be. But I did a brief antidotal non-scientific study. What I did is I took one week 
of the Monroe County Sheriff's Block. And you know what? I'm probably going to, maybe I should do it for a little longer, like maybe six months. But I was wondering how many, how that crime breaks down. I was thinking about the age groups. And this pretty much tells you about the demographics because I said the keys do skew older. You know, you get some younger people down here, but the younger people move out. Most of the young people down here are working in the dive industries or restaurants. And the ones that grow up here, they go to college and a lot of times they move out off the island. Some come back, right? We're like one of those farm, dying farm towns. But unlike those dying farm towns, there's people moving down here when they get old, right? So... Uh, I did a, a little research this week. So there was 86 listed arrests for the last week. That's listed. So I don't know if that's total. And I broke it down in age and non-scientifically, I broke it down to drug possession, fraud, property crimes, brawling, abuse, assault, uh, DUI or, um, you know, driving under influence or uh, previous... Um, you know, pre uh, some previous act act that they got arrested for. If they were detained and they see that there's an outstanding warrant or driving on a suspended license or things like that, which could be kind of like a DUI thing where they just get them on, on that. So the way it broke down, you'd think all this shit I was saying that DUI would be number one, but no, brawling, brawling, violent, you know, violent crimes. When I say violent crimes, I don't mean, there was only one sex crime that was listed and was viewing something on there. We're not a big county, but that's, that's the only arrest and they could be underreported anyway. So that's not, but brawling out of the 86 30 of them were assault brawling or uh, stalk, you know aggravated stalking 16 were DUIs and the second one was the uh, previous violation or you know out of state warrants or things like that so It'd be brawling, DUI, no, brawling, previous violation, DUI, drug possession, property crimes, things like trespassing, illegal camping, I guess, people setting up, you know, getting arrested for being homeless. And fraud was number two, which I was always, you know, people getting arrested for fraud, that's a hard one to get. And there was another one that I had to classify these, oh, we were doing stories yesterday. And one of the people arrested was a gentleman, one of three, who was uh, arrested yesterday when they were stopped. I think they were reported by, they had a, a bunch of gasoline in five-gallon containers, like over... A five and eight gallon containers, illegal carrying of, of fuel. Uh, they had two or three ski masks. 
They had a cooler full of water, Gatorade, lunch meat, 19 or 18 new or barely used life vest for while they were towing a 29-foot well-craft boat. They called it a go-fast boat. That was the engine. So it looked like these guys were doing a little smuggling. Now, if it was just the water Gatorade ski mask, right? And it looked like two guys were going to go on a boat, right? And a flare, um, they had a flare gun, so there was no weapons on there. If it was just those, the idea could have been either drug or human trafficking. But with all those life vests, it seems like they were going to do some human trafficking. And since they were using a go-fast boat, they were probably going to do it to Cuba. Because they don't do it to Haiti because the Haitians don't have the money to pay these human traffickers. And they pay, it was... It was five to six thousand dollars twenty, thirty years ago, so I can't imagine what they get paid now. It could be ten thousand, twenty thousand. They could have it could have been worth you know you know, to have two guys and stuff like that, maybe three hundred thousand for human traffic. So they got nailed and they only arrested one guy. I guess the one took the and I don't know what's going to happen that, but that was a unique one. I'm, what did I have to put that? I put that one in drug possession. So, yeah, the DUIs wasn't as much, but I know the DUIs end up being a lot depending on the time of year. If there's like a big event weekend, like Fantasy Fest or to go fast boats, um, the the boat races down in Key West, or one of the poker runs. But the thing that really shocked me, the thing that super shocked me down here, was the age distribution. I always knew that the key skewed a little older. But out of the... Now, I hope my math works out right. Let me see. 37 and 27 is 64. Okay. Well, maybe there was multiple ones or something. So, there were 12 people in the 18 to 25-year-old. 12 people out of 86... Let me see. No, 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 11. So that's leaves 75. 11. And it was 24 people in the 26 to 35 year old range. Now that's more than two, almost two and a half times. And then we had 25 of the 36 to 45 range and then 26 of the 46 and older so the even though that's a big gap you know everyone above and a lot of the people above got for trespassing and DUI and non-violent but they you'd be surprising about it well that's my dad calling I wonder if I'm gonna have to call him right back 
I hope everything's all right. I am going to call my dad. I haven't spoken to him this week, but I'm really. Yeah, let me, let me, I will call him back. So that, that last demographic, the 46 and older, maybe I should have spread it out a little more. But that's a lot. You figure people would have fucking slowed down by then. But think of that. 18 to 25. If they are, they are like 14 to 15%. 14%. That's it. You know, in any other municipality, you know, the crimes from 18 to 25 would definitely be 25%. Maybe thir- maybe more, 35%, 40 But they definitely skew older. And you see, it's, it's incredible. With like uh, 85% older than 25. And I thought that 26 to 35 would just be a bigger one. I'm going to have to do a further study and see how that works. I'm going to try to do it all year. i got to... Probably, I'll set up a program, make a, a spreadsheet. There's something. Do they still make spreadsheets? They got automated. Make an Excel spreadsheet, and then I'll factor in with percentage-wise. But how hard is it to, you know, divide? Really? You guys have a hard time with it? Yeah, math. Is, is math that difficult? I don't know. Well... I'm going to call this one for today. I do appreciate you for listening. Uh, and remember uh, that if you do come to the Keys, the Catch Restaurant is at Mile Marker 102. It's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Monday through Friday, they have happy hour, 3.30 to 6.30 with great deals on some drinks and food specials during happy hour. And uh, if you catch your own fish, bring it in and it will cook it any way you want. Make sure it's filleted and all that. And make sure you tell them that the Keys bartender sent you. That's the Keys Restaurant, Keys Restaurant and Bar at Mile Marker 102, Oceanside in Key Largo. And if you have any questions, please like like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us messages there if you want. I will respond eventually. Nothing too creepy. If you want, I mean, I can't stop you from being creepy. No one stops me. Or you can send me an email to jim at keysbartender.com. As always, take care. Have a great day. I'm signing off. Bye.